every once in a while, there is a moment in entertainment history that changes the course of the industry for good. And we had one just last week. The category is Outstanding Debut. Charlotte Wells, We Love After Sun. Georgia Helen, Blue Jeans, The One. Elena, Maya, The Teamwork's Grand. Good luck to you, Katie Brand. Electric Malady, Marie, Girl, What a Slay. Sandy Powell, With the Fellowship. <laughs> Costume Queen, Can You Fix This Zip? Other ladies in the room, supporting and leading, all here, I presume. Hong Chow, Dolly D, Carrie and Carrie with a C. Dame Emma, I'm so fond. Anna, girl, you were great in blonde. Danielle D, you broke my heart. Michelle, I loved you from the start. Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis, my woman king. Blanchette Kate, you're a genius. And Jamie Lee, you are all of us. Not one of us gets here alone. With all these queens, we need a bigger throne. House of BAFTA, the vibe is strong. Be true to you. You can't go wrong. Let's have a great podcast, guys. Everyone is part of the family at this point. I didn't do my fan fiction idea that I had. So this movie was garbage. You are a monster beyond all belief. Put them all in the thing and let them do You're lucky to have me back. (laughs) (laughs) You're never gonna get 60 million people because you're not a Super Bowl. Shut up! So chaotic. Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast, episode number 134. I am Joe, he is Sean, and we are joined by the esteemed, world renowned Big J from Agnolo. How are you, Big J? I don't know. After that poem, I just like I just don't know how I can get to that like level. <laughs> like, please, please call it a poem instead of the opening rap that it was. I like it more <laughs> as it was written in the voice of an NPR host. Beauty hits us in all different ways. Uh, so it's very good. The the poet Ariana Debose <laughs> securing uh, herself to never win an Oscar again. <laughs> She's like, I got the Oscar. We're good. <laughs> I can do whatever I want now. <laughs> She's getting so much. I'm shit doing great. <laughs> Big J, it's great to have you back. It's been quite a while. I think it's been over a year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been some time. But I've yeah, been you were... following you guys and wanting to be back. So. <laughs> Wait, you've been, been agreeing, a... and you want to be back. That's a <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't happen often. That's a weird combination. So, yeah. like, I'm a weird guy. We've been agreeing a lot more in the past year, so I think that uh, you know the, the content wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're too friendly. <laughs> Let's dive into. We're too friendly. <laughs> we're being too nice to one another. That's not good content. So you can't be on the yeah. Come on now, this is the internet. You need the drama. You need the drama. Need the drama. Need the drama. All right, let's dive into the trailers that came out this past week. Uh, The first one is Boston Strangler. This is a movie that is going straight to Hulu in the States. Um, And this is, of course, based on the true story of the Boston Strangler. Uh, The movie, which is a 20th Century uh, Fox, 20th Century Studios movie, I believe, (laughs) is produced by Ridley Scott. Uh, which is interesting. And it stars Kara Knightley, Carrie Coon, David Desmalchian. Is that how you say it? Uh, and Alessandra Navola. I love Alessandra Navola. Oh, my God. Um, Big J, did you have a chance to watch this trailer? 
Yeah, it did. It looked really good. That was one of the only trailers that I didn't saw before that you guys sent me, and it was really good. Just felt more like a TV show, to be honest. I had to go and check. Uh, I had to go and check that it wasn't a TV show because when you sent it, uh, I didn't realize. Yeah. And like, yet more the vibe of being a TV show. And I have to be honest. Also, I, I'm not a biggest fan of Kira Knightley, and uh, she looked good there. She like. Looked like she was doing a good job. Something that usually is not the case for me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like, really wanted to watch it now. The but being in Portugal, happen. I don't know how the hell I'm gonna watch this because Bulo is something that doesn't exist in this part of the world. <laughs> so it's probably gonna go to the cinema six months later. Uh, so it's a bit annoying. What do you have with Disney Plus down there? Is it like Star or? Stars. Yeah. stars like this shit like oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. that sounds horrible no, no it, it, and it's completely random like because sometimes they just pick movies and they put it in the cinemas when for example now in january we're getting loads of like when it was january we got loads of movies that they didn't have anything else to put on so it was so obvious that they like just putting things on now so <laughs> Stuff that goes to Hulu um, sometimes shows up in the cinema for no reason after everyone already saw it. So I don't know if this will be the case, but uh, yeah. being a Ridley Scott like produced and stuff like that probably is going to get to the cinema to just get that name on the on the poster. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Should be interesting. Sean, this is right up our alley in terms of like the true crime stuff and like the reporting of it and all of that. What are your thoughts on um, Kira Knightley's wig in this uh, as well as <laughs> the uh, whether or not this should have been a series? Well, I just now found out uh -oh. both that Kira Knightley was wearing a wig and also that this is not a limited series. So those, like, as you know, <laughs> I always do the maximum amount of, uh, <laughs> of research before we get on the pod. I'm always flying by the seat of my pants. So Big J, I'm very grateful you went first on this one because, <laughs> um, yes, uh, I love this cast. I can't get over this cast. Um, I agree with you with Kira Knightley. I've never, she's never really wowed me, but she's always kind of like a good, uh, you know, a good off the bench, uh, you know, uh, ability pick. <laughs> Um, Carrie Coon's amazing. Uh, David Dalsmatian's amazing. Um, Alessandro Novola. Also, Morgan Spector and Chris Cooper in this. I uh, mean, Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper's just like always like old, reliable. Another guy that's just like, you know, if he's in it, you know, at the very least, you're getting a decent performance out of him. I keep on thinking of the town where it's like, oh, yeah, no, he's in two scenes and he is solid. Um, and Morgan Spector is just a rising star in general. Like, I, I see him in uh, what was it? Uh, the Gilded Age and also the plot against America. And he is like just really great in both of those um, in, in a role, especially in the Gilded Age where, you know, he's the actual only one with weight. Cause other than that, it's like, Oh no, the cotillions are a mess. And then, like, he's the one that's like, I might go to jail for the rest of my life, but he's still just a side character and he's humble enough to keep it there. So I don't know. I, I love this. I mean, you know, I'm a uh, Boston sports fan. So uh, I don't know if that's going to come up. Not like we're spotlight, with <laughs> but um, it could be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be something weird if they focus on. But yeah. Okay. You know, there's going to be a there. There will be a scene where they're either at Fenway or at the Garden. I'm calling that now. That's that's every Boston movie. They always just like you know, even when they weren't never there. Like they're always one scene where they're there. Do you know what my favorite Chris Cooper movie is? It's mm. a weird one. It's off the beaten path. Um, Breach. It stars Ryan Phillippe. 
I never saw that one. I always wanted to, though. I heard it's it's a really solid movie. It's yeah. kind of one that flew under the radar when it first came out, but I just I really enjoy that. Um, much much different than uh, the Pope's Exorcist <laughs> and the uh, the wonderful uh, accent that Russell Crowe was working with here from the School of Tom Hanks accents. Um, <laughs> Sean, the Pope's Exorcist. Uh, is it you that said it? Oh, it's Easter time. We're getting a Pope, Pope movie. I, no, that was my the Exorcist movie. movie. I. I boy oh boy um when i saw that i knew nothing about this movie when i clicked on the trailer and first i just see russell crowe and i start laughing right away <laughs> then i hear him talk and i just am uncontrollably laughing while i'm in my study hall um and so the kids are wondering what's going on and i'm just like it's cool it's the pope's exorcist um <laughs> exorcist movies are so damn boring now like they are just all the same exact thing with the weird makeup on the face. And I just like, I'm not scared of the devil anymore. Like he sounds like a cool dude now. I like what, like I, I can't get scared of these movies anymore. I want to be, I think about like the original, the exorcist and the fact that they're remaking that obviously scares the crap out of me. Halloween style. But I, I don't know. I, these also, there was that one that was came out a few uh, months ago where I mean, it, I think it was called like The Devil Within, where I saw that trailer 10 million times and was just so freaking bored. And I'm a dude that scares very easily. So if something's really not reaching me that much, I'm just, I, I think like with like the exorcist genre, they need to like overhaul it somehow. Cause I just feel like it's really getting close to the same thing every single time. And that's what's worrying me there. Well, the closer that we get to hell on earth, uh, the less impactful these movies become. Like, I, I, there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're like, oh boy, the devil's here. Yeah, the devil's already here. There's like 112 of them in Congress. Been here for a long time now. <laughs> Big J, what are your thoughts on this? My 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 biggest point with that trailer is that they say it's inspired on true facts, and I'm watching the trailer and thinking, what part of this? Is it just that there was a guy that was the Pope's exorcist? Because that's probably the only thing that there is, because he's very over the top. Like, but but after watching like the cocaine bear that we'll talk today, every true story can be turned into a movie. I can, I guess. So, um, but yeah, it, no, it just looks ridiculous. And and I'm with Sean. It's it's I I can just see that it's gonna be jump scare after jump scare. It's gonna be just like big loud sounds screaming at your ear to try and get you scared and uh i don't know i think we need more like movies like the original conjuring and stuff mm -hmm. that it was well done and this is uh, just yeah. getting ridiculous now i once again would like to remind everyone that this says it's inspired by this is the actual files of father gabriel amorth so now, the inspired by the guy that has already been deemed as crazy. Correct. <laughs> and remember, there's a very big difference between, this is my uh, my constant rant here, based upon and inspired by are two very different things. Inspired by means, neat idea, let's run with it. You know what else was inspired by? Was Cocaine Bear. Yes. <laughs> you know, they yeah. took a little story <laughs> and built this wild shit off of it. A literal so, five minute long story is Cocaine You know what else was inspired by, but they said it was based upon, was Emancipation. And we won't get into that, but that bothers me. <laughs> um, the alligator fight. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I don't, I don't know. I have, I have kind of zero interest in seeing this. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll see it, but um, zero, zero interest. But the one I do have most interest in now is because of you, Sean, <laughs> pushing me towards this. 
Um, this is the machine. I had no idea what this was about. My sister-in-law is actually the one that texted me and was like, if you get an early screening of this, I want to go. I was like, who is this person? I don't even know anything about this comedian. Sean, give us a little primer on who this guy is. So Burt Kreischer is a uh, comedian who was just, you know, like of the comedy community, not that big of a name. And then, uh, you know, if you go on YouTube, he has a uh, he has a certain bit he does where he talks about how he once accidentally robbed a train in Russia. Um, and it's about a 20 minute bit. It's very, very funny. And that blew up over the Internet. Um, so this movie is basically what I thought this movie was going to be is just a movie about that event. And instead, it's a fictionalized account of 20 years later, him having to deal with the uh, the side effects or the consequences of that event again, which is so much more creative, so much more fun. I love that uh, Jimmy Tatro is playing young Burt Kreischer because he is just a really funny comedic actor. He was in the first season of the show American Vandal, which if you ever get a chance to watch that on Netflix, amazing show. Um, but it's like just. I don't know. The, the the idea of it is, first of all, you there are many times where comedians have made movies out of their bits, and they usually never work out. I think Mike Birbiglia did it with Sleepwalk with me, which was not that great. Um, there's been there was another one. I mean, Larry the Cable Guy kind of does it with all of his um, bits. Uh, so at that point, I was a little bit worried about this. This really does seem funny. And at the very least, I'm rooting for Burt Kreischer to at least be successful with this. You know, even if this is bad, there's going to be a Kreischer curve because I like he's such a good, wholesome human. He's such a goofy dude who just like is absolutely a party animal, an absolute mess. But when you hear him in like podcast interviews and everything like that, you realize this guy has like just such a good soul. And he's such a nice guy. And so, like, it's just, on one hand, he's just an unbelievable, insane goofball. And on the other hand, he's a nice guy. I don't love the idea that, like, he's playing himself. I don't know how well he can act. But, I mean, Mark Hamill is dad. is kind of amazing casting. And this is, just seems like this off-the-rails, goofy movie that I'm at least going to be laughing my ass off during. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Big J, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I was completely off guard watching this trailer. I had no idea what it was. And it, it just looks hilarious. It just it reminds me, there's there's a kind of like uh, the unbearable weight of a massive talent on it. It's like yeah. a vibe. I think there's uh, that vibe going on. And also with uh, Weird, the Weird Malkovich, uh, what's his name? The, that came out last year, Weirds. The, oh, the, uh, oh, the weird Al Yankovic story. Yeah. yeah. So there's kind of like mixing these true like stories of someone with does these weird things in the way they tell them. But but yeah, when I saw that uh, the trailer, it 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 sounds hilarious. And that and the bit that he was doing, I went to see it after on YouTube, yeah. and it's. it's it, <laughs> It can't be true, but it's it's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, but look, I, I I'm in that point of my life that I I will not say that not nothing is true. That uh, I think it can happen. Like anything in this fucking world can happen now. So after like w watching it, but but it's a very funny. But uh, I'm with Sean. I don't know if he's a good actor or not. I but um, but but it's good telling those stories. And in the trailer is. So I, I'm 100% for it. So like, uh, I just want some weird movies to watch that's different from everything that's out there. And this like ticks all the boxes. Absolutely. And Mark Hamill, like, come on, like, like awesome. <laughs> what else can you want? 
Sean, you mentioned um, Jimmy Tatro from yeah. American Vandal. It's funny because I'm looking at his IMDb, and I'm like, oh, American Vandal, Home Economics, The Real Bros of Simi Valley. Yep. Oh, 22 Jump Street, he was Rooster. I don't know why I, I remember that. he was in 22 Jump Street. <laughs> That's like the only thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the most random character. Um, this looks ridiculous, uh, and I'm all here for it. I hope that it's more... Uh, leaning towards Weird Al Yankovic's uh, mm. film and less of Unbearable Weight because I didn't like Unbearable Weight. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Here we go. Here's, here goes the drama. There goes okay. the drama. Well, let's let's parlay that drama into uh, doing some lines with Cocaine Bear here. Um, this is, of course, the uh, hit of the early uh, 2023 movie season uh, from what is expected to be a fruitful box office weekend here in the states um this is i uh, listen it's cocaine bear it's like what's the uh the tiktok personality that's in it i forget his name but he made Scott that video yeah he, yeah he made that video like what do i need to know anything no you know everything you need to know it's called cocaine bear um <laughs> absolutely ridiculous film i had a lot of fun with it it's if you dissect it a little bit too much and try to make it more than it is uh in terms of like you know an artistic expression or whatever you're going to find a lot of issues with it but it's more so in my opinion in the same vein as megan where it's just kind of like a batshit crazy film that you just have a good time with um and i uh, the theater was great um and we need to break down one scene in particular uh, once we get some initial reactions here because there's one scene that i absolutely loved uh, but big j what were your overall takeaways from cocaine bear uh, like I just had a blast with it. Like and and my and my I mean my screening I think it was the best because like I had a press screening uh, but it kind of was delayed so they put it together with um, like a special screening that they give tickets to people mm-hmm. and I don't know how it is in 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 uh, America but in Portugal people if it's free they are going for it even if they don't have no idea what it was so it was full of. <laughs> So it was full of like 60 and 70 year old women that had no idea what they were in. They were as like uh, going on a night out. And during the movie, all you could hear was, oh my God, what's this? Oh my God, what's <laughs> happening? Oh my God, oh, what those kids are doing now? And like, uh, so it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious watching it because of it. And uh, I just thought it was really well done. To be honest, I thought the comedy didn't always hit. I thought the comedy yeah. was the weakest part of it. I, I thought it was more like the slasher part of it was really good. Uh, the comedy was hit and miss, miss with me. Um, but yeah, it was loads of fun. And I'm completely like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, the news that came out the other day and people were already commenting. Uh, some guys threw some cocaine in, in the sea. And some oh, sharks yeah. ate it. So they want to do now like uh, cocaine sharks. And look, this can be the beginning of a franchise that I'm all for it. So it was loads of fun. I enjoy that this is going to be Elizabeth Banks' most successful film as director. <laughs> <laughs> and to be Davis, honest, Pitch she did a really good job. She did yeah, a great good job. A, she did a really good job because I thought it could be very like just simple the way she like go, go, went for it and i think she did it really well i think there's there's some choices there as a director that to be honest i wouldn't be expecting it from her it, i i thought she did a really good job with this 
the local news this morning did a piece on cocaine bear, which was really funny. Um, <laughs> and Carrie Russell was talking about there was a certain like vibe and tone that Elizabeth Banks was going for. And um, she hit it in terms of like what Carrie Russell or her perspective, I should say um, that she, she hit that tone. And I think that does carry through Sean, you, I was so nervous. I had you pegged, <laughs> pegged at a C. Pegged at a C. I, I mean, like, listen, I, I think there, there is the, it entertained me bias um, that bumped it up from a C to a B. Um, but this is, this is working in the pocket. I will say, I, I always say this and I think I should stop saying this cause I don't believe it anymore, but I always <laughs> say like, you know, when a film says, um, it's uh, it knows what it is. I kind of, I dislike that take just because that makes, makes it an excuse for being bad. But at this point after Megan and cocaine bear, the, these movies are goofy. They're silly. They're pretty damn ridiculous, but they're working in their pocket so well. And I just think that that's exactly what this was. This was a monster movie. They set up all of the pieces on the chessboard. They set up all of the characters to interact in this great way. And as they just all slowly came into this just absolutely insane premise, they're all working very well. Some of these actors are playing it straight. Ray Liotta, I don't think he knows he's in a cocaine bear movie. He (laughs) He really played it straight, which made it even funnier, which made it even more enjoyable. And like the fact that this is his swan song is something that I think he would have loved. And so I love that part of it. The tone is like just ridiculously funny. I think you're right. Like the comedy doesn't exactly work, but it's just because of the ridiculousness of the slasher. I found myself giggling the entire time. Um, and I just want to just, I, I went up to look up box office, which I think at this point it's at 20 million, which is way over what it was expected. But I just want to read this article line because, you know, we live in a great world where the article line of, uh, Jesus revolution beats cocaine bear at the box office. Um, and I just love that that's the moment. And that's from Christian headlines. Uh, so it's like that guy really had to put cocaine bear in there. Um, I, <laughs> I'm just so happy after it. I was just like, uh, you're enjoying a good, solidly placed, well done monster movie with um, 80s affectations with a tone that has the right amount of humor where like this works. Now, there's a lot of people out there that are really giving this the business. There's a lot of people that are not digging this movie. And I think that's fine. I mean, it is it is it is bonkers. It's like it's it's a tough one to like accept. But I think that, you know. Yeah, sure. There's a CGI bear the entire time. That CGI bear works in this kind of movie because and it's so looked dumb. really good. In it my looks, opinion, yeah, it and, looked amazing. And I just want to shout out Joe, the scene you're probably talking about is just a very well broken down scene, and this is the ambulance scene, yeah. which yeah. has the right level of suspense. It has the um the the right level of like comedic situations set up. Um, so between the ambulance scene, which has the great amount of suspense, great amount of action, and then also the gazebo scene, I thought was a great one. Obviously, when the bear collapses on top of someone, it's easy, cheap comedy. And like just him saying, yeah, like, how do you know it's a girl? And I'm already starting to laugh. And the line is because the vagina is right on my ear. By the way, it wasn't. His ear was up there. I know. I was yeah, thinking the that, same thing. That, like, that didn't work. It, it, but that bothered me, like, just on that little technical scale. But I still was just, like, when he said, like, they didn't have, even have to go that far. The fact that he just said, like, no, the bear is a girl. I already was laughing because I'm like, oh, yeah, of course he knows that right now. But I, I don't know. There, there's just – it just, like, really did work in that, like, in what it was supposed to do. Which you just spoiled that to everyone, Sean. You just spoiled the, the, that <laughs> joke to everyone. I'm I'm quite okay with that, truly. <laughs> like, <just 'cause laughs> I think I think that's a joke that you know, like you said, doesn't exactly work. Is a bit too ridiculous, but still works very well. Uh, and it's in its 
in its premise. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can understand I can understand why people are complaining. I just don't understand when people complain that they got the movie that he was in all the trailers that he was like expected. They walk into the cinema and then they come out like, oh, this is not Schindler's list. No, it's not. It's a fucking <laughs> Baron Cocaine. Like that's the only thing that pisses me off. Like uh, just don't go to it. Like it's like there's 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 a kind of people that just goes to the cinema with you, and the only point they go in is to complain. And they come out and they like, yeah, I was right. He was a bear about cocaine. Like, like look, you knew it. And I think that was the the biggest thing I would give this movie is like for what it was. I thought the Martin was really well done. Mm. To be honest, this was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I <laughs> yeah. was really wanting to see it because I knew it would be crazy. I, I, I might not like it, but it would be something different and crazy. And and you deliver. And I think that's something that uh, we don't get a lot. We get sometimes marketing and trailers and then you go in and it's an absolute different thing. Uh, or it's like this big Marvel and stuff that already have like those big moments. So the trailer, the the music, the even like e everything, like the music on that ambulance thing is just like awesome. It's uh, it's so so good. I like to think that Joe sees me as that person who expects great cinema every time. Like I'm approaching, I'm approaching the movie theater with a monocle and a top hat. <laughs> and when the when the bear does cocaine, the monocle pops out. It's like by Joe. Well, no, I always think about like you, like you do like to you dissect a little bit further than I do when it comes to like character development and things like that. And there's a lack of character development in this entire movie. But what you were saying is that's not the type of movie this is. Like there's an enjoyment factor that they're going for that I think then kind of makes up for some of the more. Uh, specific critiques that you know critics would have um, well most critics there's a lot of them out there that are like really ripping this script apart and stuff I'm like it's a fucking cocaine bear um, let's talk about Margot Martindale because she was my favorite in this and she this is a spoiler so skip for the next five minutes if you want um, five four three two one but she when she skids across oh, the God. I was losing it uh, but then also at the end when Carrie Russell and the kids are like going down the street and they're like, just go around that. I yeah. lost my shit. I thought that was funny as hell. The other scene that I really enjoyed was when a leg gets ripped off and then the uh, Cokie the bear does a line <laughs> off the leg. Oh, that was amazing. It was so quick. But like when he just, like, he's about to start running again, but he does a quick line off of, uh, I believe it was Jesse Tyler Ferguson's severed leg, which is like just yeah, that, that one was in the trailer, so they kind of ruin it, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was know, really good. You know what's funny about that? That just reminded me. The trailer showed a lot of this movie, a lot of the like big moments. It didn't bother me, because mm -hmm. in the context of the film, I thought it was hilarious. And like you were saying, Yola, we had a public screening as well, uh, and there were, like, the people were talking the entire movie, what? laughing their asses off, like, just going insane the entire time. Um, there was this, uh, this group behind me who they were having full-blown conversations about it, like not even trying to whisper or anything. Um, but yeah, it just same. had the it had the entire like theater energetic, uh, which was hilarious. But I I ended up with a four out of five for this one because I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, Hello. I had the same rating with that. I had the same rate. And, and I think they showed a lot in the trailer, but one of the things that like if we're talking spoilers here, that I was surprised they didn't show in the trailer, and it was a good thing, was the baby bears. Oh, that's oh, yeah, I yeah. thought the baby bears. 
they kept that for the movie. I thought it was really cool. And like, like you said, everyone was talking when the baby bears showed up, all the old ladies were like, oh, not the babies. And I was <laughs> like, fuck, you know, like they just like bear. But I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was really well done. And, and, and like you said before, if you're going into this movie and like you like looking into the characters development, I, I had to say Mishu with uh, Godzilla and Kong. Come on, like, don't, don't go inside these movies expecting you're going to see, like, Godzilla thinking about his dead parents and, like, the Kong trying and, like, like that's not why you go into this. And I thought the bear was really well done. Yeah. Like, uh, it, you never felt it was, like, a, a digital thing, even in the parts that he's, like, on his back, just, uh, like, just going in funny ways. It, it's really well done. So... I think it's going to make a lot of money. Like, I think it's going to make a lot of money because some people will go to just see what everyone is talking about. I think it's going to make a lot more money than people are expecting because it's one of those movies. It's going to have a lot of legs. Um, yeah. yeah. The one scene I meant to mention that like everyone really popped at, which I, I'm like laughing about thinking back to it, is when Koki is down at the end, uh, down the, the cliff a little bit, and you see the coke go up in the air. And oh everyone my God. immediately knew what was yep. about to happen when he sniffs it in and just, and then spits out the bullets. That was the funniest. Oh, touch. spits out one of the bullets. Once again, very quick, like just like the line off the like, very quick. I couldn't believe that. I, I also want to give a shout out. I mean, first of all, just great cast in general. I could list them all. I think this was like a really great cast that all knew the type of film they were in, but either playing it straight like Leota or playing it goofy as hell like Margot Martindale. All of it just worked <laughs> in this like perfect bubble. Um, I really am happy that Florida Project wasn't a fluke. And Brooklyn Prince is actually a pretty promising reporter, uh, reporter, Jesus, a uh, performer. Um, I thought that like the little, <laughs> until they started to do Coke, which did bother me a little bit, but the two kids just kind of talking. Um, and I was like, I could watch this again. It's just like, once again, like Florida Project, where it's just the two two little kids up to no good. Um, Christian Convery is the other uh, uh, name of the performer. I enjoyed just their scenes going back and forth of their ridiculousness. I thought their chemistry was very charming. Um, and I'm just like happy Brooklyn Prince is maturing into someone that like is just going to be even better and better in her performances. I'm happy that Alden Ehrenreich uh, oh had God. a solid arc here and his biceps are looking really good. So um, <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> what an attractive gent. No one's looked hot or crying at a bar eating just regular plain penne pasta before, which is just like. It's <laughs> just great. The woman be one of the women behind me in the theater goes, Is there nothing on that pasta? <laughs> uh, and that bothered me so much. <laughs> like, that was the most disturbing thing. We saw a lot of people get torn apart, but that was the most disturbing thing for me. So funny. So funny. All right, let's jump into the news because there's been some interesting news this week that I think we need to uh have some lively discussion about. And the first is that uh Warner Brothers Discovery had a uh one of their, I guess their quarter four earnings call. Um, this past week and there's a bunch of news that came out of it but the biggest one is that they the company has struck a deal with new line cinema and they are going to be it seems like making more lord of the rings movies i don't know if that means rebooting lord of the rings or what you know if they're di diving into specific aspects of the the book and the movies a little bit more um, but it's only 20 years after the original trilogy, which is wild that I am at an age that they are rebooting movies that came out when I was younger. 
Um, that seems kind of crazy to me as the youngest one here. No, Sean's the youngest one here. Yeah. <laughs> You're the oldest one by what, like 15 years? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh we don't need to get into math. Yeah. <laughs> it says the math teacher. Um, off the clock. So uh, I guess first off, Sean, your reaction to them doing this with Lord of the Rings. And then second, what's the impact on um, the Amazon series? That was the one thing I immediately thought of. I said, Amazon apparently bought just a very, very small piece of uh, spot. Oh, my God. I can't speak today. <laughs> Amazon bought a very small slice of the Lord of the Rings pie for a insane amount of money. So their property like only exists in a really, really low amount. And so I was kind of blown away by that, like finding that out, because I thought they kind of bought a lot of the original property, but apparently it's not that much. And I love that series. I know other people were cool on it. Some people just like really didn't want to like it because, you know, obviously it's from Amazon, which eh, I sort of get. But <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it and I don't know how this will interact. Um, I know that like the big thing and this was sort of touched upon when uh um, Peter Jackson did the Hobbit trilogy it was where he put way more than just the Hobbit in there because he wanted to adapt other corners of the Middle Earth uh, universe, if you will. And now I think that uh, they're probably going to get that chance to go into those corners a little bit more. Obviously, the one thing they always talk about is the Cimmerillion. Where, you know, that I, I don't know really anything about that, but that's always what I hear is like, you know, an adaptation, an adaptation of the Cimmerillion, do an adaptation of the Cimmerillion, do an adaptation of the Cimmerillion. Everyone always talks about that. So I don't like that's always been this like unable to reach uh, property. And so I wonder if it's that you're right. They're not giving us much here on what they're going to be doing. It would be a tremendous mistake to try to reboot this original story. I think that people still adore that trilogy. I think it's very untouchable. I think that, you know, they're, they just showed up on Netflix and uh, if I have a nine hour day, I'm not a big rewatch guy, but I may, <laughs> I may just go to, back to middle earth for a little while. I, I kind of want to do it. Cause I, that was always the big thing to do. Sunday's hung over at college. They're like popping <laughs> all three movies. Let's go. Um, and I, I really hope that uh, they, try to explore a different path of this world. I think there's a lot you can explore. Um, and, you know, with the success of that series, with the success of House of the Dragon, we see there's different places they could go. With the success of something like, well, I guess it wasn't successful, critical success of Andor. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's different paths you can go in that don't just have to do with that original three-part story. So I hope that they go there. Yeah, we um, should note that Peter Jackson is supportive of this. Mm -hmm. uh, he came out with a statement. And that also, just in regards to the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, uh, on Prime Video, there it was a separate TV rights deal worth around $250 million back in 2018. And there's a five-season commitment, uh, which is wild to me, just given the amount of money and then with also this happening. But um, YOLO, are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? No, not at all. <laughs> like, uh... After my impassioned diatribe. <laughs> I, I just like, I, I just... When it's too much for me, it's too much going on. It's like same of Game of Thrones, everything that's like that. That I have to remember the history of twenty thousand characters, and they all like it. It just gets a bit too much for me. But <laughs> I, I do like the original movies. I think they're good. But I'm not like uh, I, I'm probably traumatized too at the time when I saw it in the cinemas. I was dating someone and she was obsessed with it. And we went to see when the last one came out, we went to see a special session that was the three movies together and the director's cut 
So it was like 12 hours in the cinema. Uh, and I was like, no, come on. Just that last bit that like man, in bed, I was always thinking, is it over now? And it wasn't. Is it over now? And it wasn't. Did you so, break up the next day? Um, no, but I never went to the cinema with her again. But uh, <laughs> we broke but, up but, before the return of the king. <laughs> yeah, but but the th but the thing is, like, if it was anyone else, if it wasn't Warner Brothers, I would say there's no way they're rebooting the originals. But they like they really need the money, and they everything they've been trying out with like Harry Potter and everything that's not like the main story, it's not working. So. Mm. I'm a bit worried that for them, uh, they need the quick buck. They don't really care if it's going to work or not, but they know if they reboot the original, they will get that quick buck that they need. But hopefully they'll, they'll do other stories because from what I heard, like the original movies are just like a small, small bit from the universe that he created. Wow. So there's a lot to do there. But on the other end, we all know, like Star Wars, every time they go a bit, like Sean said, even if the critics love it, people don't give a shit. They want to know about the uh, brother and the sister that made out and all their weird family, and they want to know about that. And so, I don't know, financially, I think they have a big motivation to, to lean into the original ones, but uh, let's see. And like, come on, like, oh, Peter Jackson is on board. Yeah, so was James Cameron with the Terminator. Then that, that doesn't mean shit. If <laughs> if people come to me and they say, I'll give you 50 million, I'll be on board with anything you guys want to do, okay? I'll I'll come here and say that's the best idea ever. So I don't know about that. The Hobbit wasn't great, and Peter Jackson mm -hmm. was on board also. True. So good point. Let's let's like not get our <laughs> our hopes high. It's interesting with what Warner Brothers Discovery is doing, because when the CEO, Peter uh, David Zaslav, came on, um, he his big thing was we own a lot of big IP. We own, you know, Lord of the... Well, they, they had a deal with New Line in the past. They could, you know, renew that deal or do that deal again. Um, we, we own the rights to the Wizarding World stories. We own the rights to DC. You know, there's a lot that we can do with what we already own. Why are we not maximizing that output? Um, which is pretty smart. I mean, Disney's doing that in a different way with their live action reboots. That's essentially mining the same IP. Um, and this gets us into the next story a little bit, which is around uh, Harry Potter and it's around Hogwarts Legacy. And I'll link it back to what you just said in a second, YOLO. Um, but Hogwarts Legacy is a huge video game that's out right now. And it's become like the number one video game. And for a lot of different reasons, it's breaking records all across the, the board. Um, it was, I think it's the, the top streamed Twitch game ever, yeah. which is insane. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it's, we, it's a weird situation because the game itself faced a lot of backlash early on with a lot of people calling for boycotts because of JK Rowling's anti-trans stances and things like that. Um, but what we're seeing is that people are still playing it. People are buying it. It's not even out on all major platforms yet. Um, it still has to hit like Nintendo Switch and I think a couple other uh, the Xbox One and stuff like that. Um, long story short is that it seems like they uh, Warner Brothers is all in here. So the video game is part of Warner Brothers ultimately. Um, it comes from their Port Key Games or whatever, which is you know their Harry Potter extension. 
Um, and it is a the story of the game is set at Hogwarts in the 1800s. So there's a lot of little like interesting callbacks to the movies and to other things that we've seen, whether that's in the original Harry Potter series or that's in uh, the Fantastic Beasts films. And I think that's what it has going for it because people want some sort of familiarity. Um, and so when we have like Fantastic Beasts that completely remove themselves from Hogwarts, um, we saw that their t- their their attempt to fix things was to go back to Hogwarts <laughs> and you know bring that back because that's what people really enjoyed. I think this also proves that as well. But long story short, they're looking at apparently rumored to be in the early stages of developing an HBO show, uh, HBO series set around Hogwarts Legacy, which gives them a lot to play with, a lot of room back in the 1800s to develop new characters, mine characters from the game, um, other stuff like that. It's and that kind of goes back to as I knock over my microphone. I'm like so so impassioned about this. It goes, it goes back to the Lord of the Rings conversation. Is I think people are people are not dumb. Fan well, not not all people are dumb, but fans of certain series know the series in and out. So what they're going to want is something that's authentic and something that kind of brings them that joy. Lord of the Rings, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, Yolo, there's a lot that they can mine. There's a lot that they can, a lot of story they can still tell from the original book, uh, books, uh, book, book, one book. Lord of the Rings is one book, right? Um, three. Is it three? Or is yeah. it three movies? Well, no, three, three books and three movies. Three books and three movies. Okay. Um, so it would be really interesting to see kind of how they tell that story. I think with Harry Potter, that's the same type of thing. It's how do you branch out and tell new stories without throwing away what made it popular in the first place? Um, so I guess focusing in on the Harry Potter side of things, Sean, do you think this is a smart move for them to continue down this path with like, you know, taking what's working with Hogwarts Legacy and flipping it over to a series? A business move, yeah. Um, I mean, this is what is the most popular right now. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the video game. I'm not a big video game guy. Um, but I will say, you know, right now, adapting video games into uh, narrative uh, series is in right now with The Last of Us and uh, with this. And I, this seems like a video game that is rather friendly to a narrative of a movie or of a TV, TV series. So with that, it seems like this could work out well. I'm someone that like, I don't know much about like many of the Harry Potter outside of the films, but I would like to see like them go toward um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It seems like that's a no brainer. That's a very popular play. It seems like they will eventually adapt that into some sort of film or series or something. Yeah, like that. but they can't. They can't adapt that one. That's why they didn't do it before. It's like she doesn't give the rights to that one. Oh. That is the problem. The, oh, are you joking? Warner Brothers have had like done that straight away. That like, I mean, hey, so, <laughs> so yeah, she 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 blocked the, the she doesn't want to sell the rights to the cursed child because she wanted it to be uh, just a a, a theater play. show. So okay. she wants it to be a play. So she doesn't sell the rights to that one, and that's why they're trying to find other things because that would be the no brainer to do. That would mm-hmm. be the one that would make the money. So. They still trying to convince her, and uh, probably at some point they will. But, Yolo, um, not, yeah. not to not to push back, but that was true when the show first came out. But in 2019, oh. they bought the rights to a screenplay of it. They got they got the, like, they got the trademark. The, they got, uh, but can they do a movie about it? Yep, yeah, they bought the rights to it. 
Oh, okay. So because so that's going to happen, like for sure, because that was the whole thing. They were trying to make it. They were even like talking. Yeah. Uh, that was the whole conversation when that uh, reunion came out because they wanted to bring the the actors and stuff. But there was that thing that uh, they couldn't make it. There's so if they solve that now, they're gonna do it. There's a lot of rumors out there now, like floating around, that they're developing the Cursed Child uh, movie. And I always believe that, like, if those rumors are starting to float around, that there's something to them. So, yeah, no, one hundred percent. If they can get the rights to that, they'll do it for sure. So that's just a matter of time. But with this, with the game, this this is the thing. Like, when people think, "Oh, is this like ask? Is this a good idea or not?" I just think is who's gonna get involved with because yeah. if it's someone that like. For example, the the Last of Us is working. Why? Because they got like a really good team to create it. Like yeah, we're talking absolutely. about the guys they gave us Chernobyl. For God's sake, <laughs> come on! Like it, it, that's the thing. But then if you go and get uh, I don't know, like some guy that 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 you just go in hire him and he doesn't have any love for the thing, for the game or the show or whatever. Uh, it's not going to work. So this is the same. Is is there someone out there that has a, a good idea to turn this Harry Potter game into a TV show or not? Because well, there's a shit ton of writers on the game, so I'm sure that like there's probably one or two that they could poach over that would maybe or maybe they already have that are developing ideas because there is a loose storyline in the play. I mean, in your, the game, your dog is trying to steal your remote. <laughs> He's he's on ADD dog is what he is. Cocaine dog. Cocaine dog. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like if 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 they get the right team, like to any of these shows, uh, it, it's always it, it, there's always the possibility of being good. It's like the Penguin show for the Batman. Mm. Is it going to be good? Who are they going to get it behind it? If they tell me, oh, there's David Fincher is directing it. Yeah, like for sure, is like is is going to be good, but. If they just get someone from the CW to create that Penguin show, there's nothing that can like save it. So the, it's always a question of who's going to get attached to, to do this. But how Warner Brothers is now, they're going to milk everything they have. Like They're going to do everything possible that they, they can. Which makes sense. I mean, it's uh, like Sean said, business, right? You own shit. You, you maximize what you have already. Um, I, I think if they do a series like this, a more mature take on it, that is, you know, full blown, full budget, go crazy yeah, yeah. The series would be great. Um, cause there's a lot, the, the game is a lot of fun and there's a lot of new unexplored territory that I think would be, would tra translate well to, um, to the movie or to the show, which I'm sure will launch into 17,000 movies and all that stuff. But oh, yes. <laughs> Um, all right. The next story is about a sequel that we're getting, and I'm actually pretty excited about this one. And this one came out of nowhere for me. Um, but it, back in 2020, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, maybe it was in the summer, I believe, um, My Spy came out, and this starred David Batista as well as Chloe Coleman. And part of the highlight for me was Chloe Coleman was mm -hmm. just a delight. And I think Batista also had a really good rapport with her, um, as a young actress. Um, there is a sequel in the works. It is going to reteam Batista with Chloe Coleman, as well as Kristen Schaal and Ken Jeong, uh, as well as new additions Anna Faris, Craig Robinson, and Flula Borg. 
Um, this is that's pretty entertaining to me. I mean, they, they're, they're pretty solid additions. Uh, this is My Spy, the Eternal City, which is a goofy ass name, um, but it is going to follow Coleman, who is a uh, she's going to Italy for a uh, choir trip and enlist uh, Batista's JJ to chaperone her school trip. Uh, and they end up embroiled in an international terrorist plot as one does on a choir trip. Uh, YOLO, are you excited for the internal city? <sighs> this, <laughs> this original movie made my top list of the worst of the year. I, I hate oh! this movie. <laughs> I hate this movie. Every time, every time someone says, Batista is such a good actor. I said, you saw my spy. Like, come on. I just hate that movie. I just like really, really do not see like nothing made me laugh in that movie. Uh, like the only thing that made me smile was when it was over. Uh, it's uh, I don't know how this is going to get a sequel after like, uh, I don't get it. I, I'm not with you guys. I'm sorry. Wow. I mean, I, I'm, I'm about, wow. I'm, I'm pretty much mid with my spy. I thought it was like a, like a fun thing. I think it was released at the perfect time where it was like summer of the pandemic. So we're all just starving for shit. And so we immediately grabbed that. Um, I like, I'm a big fan of Chloe Coleman. I think she's like, she's been great and everything. And I've frozen and I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm, we can hear frozen. you. Keep going. <laughs> all right. I'll keep going then. Um, and uh, I, you know, Dave Batista is someone where, you know, I think that he's in this movie, especially he's relying on his uh, hulking presence more than anything. Um, I think in other movies, he's obviously better. Um, I it's I think that like when you do these spy movies that are tremendously for kids, they get a little bit uh, dumbed down. And I don't know. I, I enjoyed this one. I had fun with this one. I think that like, please, God, change that title from my spy to the eternal city. I, this is not an Aquaman movie, which is apparently not doing well. <laughs> um, but like like what what is happening in this world where like that's going to be the title that's what they're going for like I, it just seems like a very odd title i do not like i don't, I don't know what it's about i don't know what that premise is going to be but that's very that's, that's very foreboding um i like the additions sound great you know they're good like you know kid uh friendly actors that you know i obviously a sequel to a movie like this i don't imagine it doing well but at the same time you know it is goofy crap that I sort of enjoyed. I wonder how this will like approach theaters though. Cause this was a VOD at the time because it was when like nothing was going out in theaters. So, and it worked well as a VOD. I think it got, it did pretty well then. And obviously if they're making a sequel, it did. It'll be interesting to see the theatrical post COVID performance of something like this. And I haven't seen whether or not it's going to theaters or not. I, I oh, heard it's not, yeah. it's not clear to me. Yeah. Um, Chloe Coleman has quite the career for mm -hmm. a young actress here. Big Little Lies, My Spy, The Resident, which is a hit TV show, Gunpowder Milkshake, which I think is an underrated Netflix movie, and there's not many of them, uh, Marry Me, Upload, which is a hilarious series on Amazon, Avatar The Way of Water. I didn't realize that. Uh, oh, my God. She's young Loek. Uh, <sighs> she's going to be in Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. She's in. She's the girl in 65, the uh, Adam Driver Whoa! movie. <laughs> And she's doing husband, very well. She's doing very well for herself. I love. I love when people get surprised that someone was in the Avatar and they didn't realize. I know. Like, 
Like, whoa! Like, like, I knew Kate Winslet was in it, and I still didn't know Kate Winslet was in it. (laughs) I still have no idea. So so that's what I'm saying when people say, oh my god, was she in it? Like, yeah, your mother could be in it, and you didn't know. We would never know. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, Should be interesting. Amazon... It's weird to me that that sequel is being greenlit by Amazon three years later. Mm -hmm. The only reason why is because usually these streamers like look at the numbers that they do immediately and are like, sequel, let's go. Um, So the the fact that they sat on this is kind of interesting to me, but uh, good for them. That's they're not going crazy, probably because they spent so much money on the Lord of the Rings and now they're going to (laughs) lose a lot on the new movies. Um, The last story we have is Steven Yoon is joining Marvel Studios. We did uh, it, everybody. We did it. <laughs> the the universe. Huh? Oh, huh? Come on now. Come on now. I'm done. I'm out. A little confused about how Fozzie Bear just came out there. <laughs> Worker, <whacker. laughs> <laughs> Um He, Stephen Yoon, will join Marvel in Thunderbolts and is said, according to Deadline, to have a significant role in the film that will uh, shock her also play a role in future films going forward. Um, This Thunderbolts film is getting crazy. The stacked cast is Florence Pugh, Sebastian Stan, David Harbour, Joy Louis-Dreyfus, Wyatt Russell, um, Ayo Edaberry from uh, Bear, The Bear. Um, Who else? Uh, Hannah John Kamen as Ghost, Olga Kurlienko as Taskmaster. There's a lot going on in this. Um, I think is Harrison Ford the president in this one, Sean? I know that you're following the yeah, presidential. He, yeah, he plays. No, he's Ross. Ross. Yeah, and he's yeah, gonna um, be the Red Hulk. Yeah, and is he? But is he the president in this one? I know he's president in New World yeah, Order. Dur- no, Dermot Mulroney is gonna be president in Secret Invasions, and he's right. gonna be president in uh, this. Uh, because... Maybe Stephen Yoon is the president in this. Oh yeah, no, no, Stephen Yoon will be the president in a uh, other parallel universe. Of the, it's almost like this movie is biting off way more than it could chew. It's oh, yeah. very uncharacteristic for Marvel movies these days. Yeah, I, I wonder. They really need to start using some CGI, though. I hope they use it in this one. Oh, I hope, um, yeah, no, I hope they're in a lava lamp. Oh yeah. my god, here we go! All the Marvel haters here. Wow. I am not hey, a Marvel hater. I spent all of Phase Four loving Marvel and trying to say, "Hey, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine." Then I went to the cinema and. Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp gave me explosive diarrhea, and I'm done oh, now. Man. I'm so mad. <laughs> oh, God. Yolo, no, you, I, have I, some, you have some thoughts about this. We were talking last night. You have some theories and stuff, or the other night. Yeah, but the more, I th- the more I think is, I, I think this might be bigger than everyone is expecting, because the way they said it, and the movie that it is, and stuff, and I was looking into a lot of what people are, are, are thinking about it, and I'm now thinking he might play something as like Dr. Doom. And I thought that would be very cool if he would be like Dr. Doom and it would be the first time they, because like looking at the movies that are coming after, we're going to have also the Fantastic Four. And I think they, they need to set up Dr. Doom in some way. So I, I think he would play a perfect Dr. Doom. Like it would be very, very cool. It would be kind of like the age that they would probably want to play him because of like having to, to have gone to school with Red Richards and all that. So I, I don't know, like um, there's a few things against it because like if, if you read a lot of comic books, uh, Red Richards and everyone else, like how everything connects and 
We still don't know if it's gonna who's gonna play Red Richard, but I was looking to it, and I think it would be the perfect place to put someone as Doctor Doom to be introduced, even if it's just an after-credit scene or something like that. Thunderbolts would be the perfect movie because no one is expecting it to be. So I think it might be something like that. That theory makes a lot of sense, by the way, because what's frustrating about this news is they're like, he's a crucial character. And it's like, well, they know who he is. They cast him, so they know who he is. So they're (laughs) being coy about it. So I like the idea that it's going to be like someone that, you know, uh, at first his name is going to be Smitty Smitters. And then all of a sudden at the end, he's going to be like, but you know me by my other name, Dr. Doom. (laughs) And then like he does a little tap dance and that's how that would work usually in uh, Marvel movies. So I, I actually love this theory. And also I love the idea of him as like a villainous Dr. Doom. Get the most lovable dude in the world, like the most lovable dude in the zombie apocalypse um, and make him Dr. Doom. I'm in. I like this. Yeah, there's, there's something about him that's like, because Dr. Doom always had that kind of, he could be your best friend, but mm-hmm. then when he turns like evil, he just, God, he destroys the world. So, and, and I could see him as like the ruler of a country, all like in a throne and stuff. And I, and, and also like, uh, just to give it a little bit to Joe, I think, I think this will piss a lot of people off. Because, ah, yes. like, they're going to make Dr. Dumasian that's going to piss a lot of people off. Why are you giving it to uh, Joe? <laughs> no, you'll, you'll, love, you'll, love seeing, you'll love seeing the castings, like, burn the, the world when, like, people get upset. I know, I know you oh, do. No, because I just love seeing how... how I, I don't even know the word. I was going to be really mean there. I just love seeing how shitty people get when it's like, oh, no, it's not a pale white man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, but, theory, the general theory the, online is that he's playing Sentry, and I know that you, uh, Big J, don't believe this at all. No, no, not at all. Like because because my problem is like when when you change like uh, the race of a character and stuff, it usually doesn't annoy me. What what I need to feel is that they're still the same essence. If you're adapting a character, you have to have the same essence. And if you saw the comic books, like Sentry is like a Superman kind of guy. Like he have, he's a huge muscly dudes and i know steroids do a lot but there's no way they're gonna get him there uh so and and there's a lot of like uh other rumors that they try to get uh i can never say his name Skysguard, like the from the oh. northman oh well they're yeah that to... would be the perfect guy for that yeah and that would be the perfect guy <laughs> that's like someone's like saw that guy on the street and made a comic book character out of him Dude, because the, the other one is Ryan Goslin, and Ryan Goslin does not fit the part also for me. So it's not a question of being Asian. I just don't think, think he feels that, that he would feel that part. So, but there's a, a lot of rumors out there that he could be Mr. Negative, that's like a super uh, Spider-Man villain, and he could connect to the new Spider-Man. So there's a lot of like theories out there, Here but I think. One. But I think he has to be someone that uh, is going to be connected with uh, everything. The way they said it, yeah, he just feels like they like trying to set something there, a rumor. And I think like Doctor Doom would be the perfect choice. Well, and they said projects, not um, not films, yeah. which I think is also interesting. So uh, thinking about series coming up. But um, here's what Games Radar is saying. I think Games Radar may have just thrown a lot of characters out here, but. Norman Osborn is one that they they theorize. I don't 
by that because Norman no. Osborn is not as young as him. Um, Iron Fist, a re uh, recast of Iron Fist. Um, trying to go through this a little bit. Radioactive Man, Reed Richards being an introduction. Uh, the Beyonder, which who, who's been rumored for a long time. Um, but isn't the Beyonder tied to Kang in some way? No, the Beyonder is going to be tied with the Secret Wars, so they could kind of, but I think it's going to be really, it would be really early, and, and like Beyonder is kind of like God, so it's like a really powerful character. So to put that character into this movie, uh, I don't know, I think <laughs> it would be a mistake. Like the, Sean, Sean, Sean the other list here is Mr. Negative, Radioactive Man, Amadeus Cho, Hyperion, and Sentry. Yeah, Amadeus could be could be fun because, like, just in case they need, I don't know how is the rights also for the Hulk if they now have the rights to start making their own Hulk movies because, like, Amadeus is kind of another Hulk that uh, could be more interesting, uh, especially now in the point that we have the Hulk now. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of characters there he could play. Red Richards, I, I could see him as a Red Richards, to be honest. But but my problem, but my problem with Red Richards now is like if he's gonna be if you read the comic books and he's connected to Kang, because like uh, in the comic books, a version of Kang is a descendant of Red Richards. I, I'm sorry, he's gonna have to be there's there's gonna have to be a, a, some play with race there for it to work because you can't have Red Richards, Asian, and then you have Kang and like say, oh, he's uh, my son or my Well, it doesn't necessarily mean or... a blood descendant. <laughs> oh, well, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of things. I could see him as Red Richards, uh, to be honest, but uh, I still want to see him as Doctor Doom. I think he could like really give him something to play there that we didn't saw a lot from him before. Like Sean said, he's always the nice guy. And I like when they pick up people you're not expecting for those kind of roles. I agree with you. I think he's a great addition to the MCU. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I just have no idea where they're going with things. <laughs> oh, come on. There's so much. Just, Jesus. Just you guys like it, it. You like those kids in the car going, are we I, there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there so yet? Hard. I tried so hard for an entire phase. I had faith. I said, this is going to be great. Just hold on. And now I'm just there. They're, it's so hard. <laughs> I'm just yeah, tired but, but of the, being strung along thing. and being told like, you're going to see the bigger picture. And we've been being told for two years now, you're going to see the bigger picture. And no, well, when did no, you saw no, the big? What? When did There's you no saw bigger the bigger picture? When, when, of course there is. Of course, when did you saw the bigger picture? Like in the first years of Marvel, there was ants there. Now you look back and everything looks connected, and people go, "Oh, look, everything was connected." Yeah, no, I disagree I with that, that because no, because like, we didn't really. There was no anticipation for anything then. Well, yeah. kind of. Yeah, like you I knew mean, they were building towards Avengers. Yeah. And but, so when they're introducing each of these characters, you know they're building towards Avengers. Here, what are we building towards right now? A, a confrontation with Kang. Uh, but you have no idea what te what the team's going to look like in the future. You know that you have the Thunderbolts. Oh, my God. Hold on. This is, this you know is that the, you have the Thunderbolts. Hey, uh, you know that you have the Thunderbolts, who are the Suicide Squad of DC. You have Shang-Chi out there. You have the Eternals out there. Uh, you have uh, – who else are my, who am I missing with, like, the introdu introduced characters? 
Um, you have Young Hulk. Avengers in the works at some point. You have She-Hulk. You have Moon Knight. You have Secret Invasion coming up because Nick Fury's been up in the sky hanging out for a while. You have the Marvels coming back in. You have like what? What? You have the mutants coming down the road at some point. You know you're getting Fantastic Four. You know that you're getting uh, other shit that I just completely forgot about. There's so much going on, and there is not one thread that makes a lot of sense. What makes me nervous is sometimes the best chili is the simplest recipe, and what we're getting right now is a chili that's trying to put too much into the pot, and that makes me concerned about where we're going. Boom. <laughs> Okay, so so first of all, this is like people complain about everything. When you ask me I if I have something, I'm gonna rant against this. Like when 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 like Infinity War or like Saga finished, everyone was saying, "Oh, Marvel!" Like before they go into the next big thing, they kind of like should do different stuff. Kind of like take a break from this ultra connected stuff and. Uh, and uh, then people go, oh, why, why is this not connected to something? Why is this not connected to something? Now they're starting to connect things again with something that, look, if you read the comic books, this is, the, I think this is the problem. Like, this is exactly how the comic books like work. There's a lot of things happening. Some of the things might not be connected in the end because that's how world is. There's things that are happening with Moon Knight. There's probably not going to affect the Thunderbolts because that's how the world is. There's different stories and then there's stuff that is connected and the, and this is like kang is going to connect a lot of this probably not all of them but he's going to connect all of this because in the comic books like going through like the secret saga and the kang dynasty and all that it, it was like an event that connected a lot of stuff okay and it's going to connect a lot of stuff but there's movies that they don't need to like to be explaining now because if he was explaining everything now and we knew exactly where he was going, you'd be here complaining, say, this is so predictable. We all know what's going to happen in the next five years because like this. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't get it. Look, sorry. I, I don't get it. I, I just I just happy that we get these movies for a lot of reasons, a lot. Because we wouldn't get small movies in the cinemas if it wasn't for these movies, mm -hmm. okay? Every time I go to the cinema to watch my little indie movie, I'm the only one there, and there's two rooms full of Ant-Man fans watching it. That's the only reason I still get to see movies in the cinema. So I'm really happy that this exists. I'm really hoping they keep making a lot of money and they keep making it. And I just don't get all the hate that he, I, I think I saw like when DC was making movies, everyone was directed at them with the hate. Now DC stopped making movies like they You obviously don't know me well. Yeah, they, well, yeah we, got, we got a standalone on this right, pod right here. Right, <laughs> right. Now that DC stopped making so many movies, people don't have anything to complain. They're moving on to Marvel. I, I don't know. I think it's the flip side is rant. that like, you know, people who love Marvel and who are excited about Marvel are allowed to not like a Marvel movie. And yeah, of course they are. Sort of no, like 100%. Shit on. But I think, you know, all of phase four was individual films, right? And that was, and I, hello, I defend the Eternals to the end of the earth. I love the Eternals. Or Eternals. Yeah. 
Um, so the fact that like I can be okay with a standalone movie like that, but also turn around and say that when you give me a movie called Multiverse of Madness that's supposed to introduce the multiverse and go crazy and really blow things up and like open up the future and stuff, and then you leave me with Charlize Theron on a green screen at the end in an after credit scene that I'm supposed to be excited about what the future looks like, that I'm 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 allowed to to criticize that. Same with Ant Man and the Wasp, leaving me where you know we have eighty thousand Kangs in the Council of Kangs, but nothing in Ant Man and the Wasp, which kicks off Phase Five. And they said, just wait, we're gonna get to Phase Five, and every, you're gonna start seeing the bigger picture. We don't see a bigger picture yet. We're not there yet because we still have all this stuff that was introduced in Phase Four that's just out in La La Land. So. I'm totally fine with individual movies. I'm totally fine with a larger connection, whatever they want to do, if it's told well. What I think they're doing right now is spending, is, is, is taking too much time to lay out what's coming, to, uh, to, to connect the things, I should say, that are going to be connected because it's leaving even diehard Marvel fans, maybe not you, YOLO, but certain diehard Marvel fans to look at it and be like, where in the fuck are we going? And that I, I think it's just expectations. People are now spoiled. Okay, they, they oh, absolutely. Spoiled. Yeah. No, look, I think it's all spoiled kids now because, like, the, and, and the Doctor Back Strange. <laughs> no, no, no. And Doctor Strange for me is like the like the best example. Like five years ago, or like eight, ten years ago, if you would have got Doctor Strange with nothing there, and then you would have got the shadow through a glass of Red Richards, you would have lost your shit. Now you got him there, he's like doing stuff, he's like whatever, and people are, oh, but we wanted to see Tom Cruise's uh, Iron Man. We didn't got that, so the movie is now not that good because he wasn't mad enough. That's, That's not the reason got... I didn't no, like it was just a bad script. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the movie. <laughs> no, 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 what I'm saying is, like, when they said, oh, it's the multi of madness, we expected more madness. We expected more characters. We expected more this. Like, there, we still got a lot there, okay? And I, I just don't know. Like, I, I, you have to give chance for some things to work. I don't know what Charis Theron is going to be in the Marvel Universe, have no idea if she's going to be anything interesting or not. But like Marvel, for me, at least in the first 10 years, he gave me enough confidence that they know what they're doing. So I still give them some credit for that. I'm one of the only persons that think Thor Love and Thunder is hilarious. It reminds me of a Monty Python kind of movie because it's so crazy. So I enjoyed that. Like, Having Sam Raimi back and having like Doctor Strange for me was really cool. It was right up his style. Like Black Black Widow, I don't know why so many people hate that movie. I think I like it's Black better. Widow. Yeah, I think it's better. The Eternals for me, it's also great, and I think we got really cool characters and design. So like, I I don't see a lot of the complaints that people see. Uh, is it as good? Like I just rewatch Infinity War and Endgame. Is it as good as them? No, but nothing will ever be, and that is something that we all have to admit. Kang Dynasty is not going to be as good as that, and like Infinity, uh, like uh, Secret War is not going to be that. That is the top you could get because it was a ten-year climb, and after you got there. There's nothing going to be as good as that. That 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 is it, and people don't realize that. 
then and that's my issue with it. I was told on TikTok that uh, Avengers Endgame is mid. <laughs> my mid user one eight four two four two four six seven was yeah seven eight seven eight seven eight seven eight. Oh, he's good. He's good. He has that. You know, you know, blow your mind. Oh my god. But anyway, like Marvel is still making their money. I think they're still going to be around for a long time. I think they one of one of the things that Kevin like uh, Feige is good is also reading the pulse of their okay. audience. I okay. I think he saw that they were making too much, uh, and, and they, but this is life. But this is the exact picture. People are saying they're making too much. There's too many shows. There he cancels a few things. Everyone comes and complains. Why did he cancel that? Why did he like? So there's no winning there. So he just has to keep doing his own stuff. But I think he is good, like listening to what people are saying, seeing what it is, user whatever on the internet that is just putting shit out there. What is the most of the audience? So I, I still have confidence that we're gonna get a lot of cool stuff coming from them. I think this Marvel conversation could be a whole separate podcast because there's just so much to it. I think yeah. it is. <laughs> 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 so we'll uh we'll table that for now um and then we can battle out another episode um let's Do it. let's get into rants and raves here i want to start off i uh finally have caught up with abbott elementary um and this is a show that i have been excited about because it was it's you know the same type of format uh documentary format as the office which i love obviously uh but then it's also set in philly and there's a lot of philly references i struggled the first time i watched it with like the first and second episode i was like oh god like i don't know about this but once you get into it and it hits its stride and especially in the second season arguably um it is a funny ass show and it is a very intelligent show and very um the characters Ava, Janelle is it Janelle James? Her oh, yes. her uh, principal character has some of the funniest lines of any show. Uh, it just it like makes me wet myself. It's so damn funny. Um, so late to the game there, but Abbott Elementary, I definitely recommend. Uh, Sean, I know you've been watching. It. Yeah, I want to make a comment about this one because uh, I think about a year ago when that show came out, or two years ago, or something. Um, I uh, made a post about how um, I cannot watch slash review this show because it bothered me so much as a teacher because they got everything so right that I got so much anxiety and so much like d like depression depressive nature from it. And I guess that's the, that's a compliment to the show because they absolutely nail the education world. They nail the teaching world, something that no other property has ever done except for The Wire season four has also done it. But um, I, I'm like truly blown away at how good. And so then I, I like stepped away from it. And then finally I just said, okay, I'm going to try this out. Now it still gives me a pit, at the, uh, a feeling of a pit in my stomach often when I watch it because it does hurt a lot when I see some of this stuff because like it's tough for me to laugh at it um because it's just so heartbreaking sometimes that this is what teachers go through i will say though this is a brilliant show i think that just what you said like you know it's the first season is very good but season two they do a lot with those strange characters like uh a, uh the principal ava um was a character that graded me a lot oh yeah for and like really bothered me in the first season and she has evolved in a great way where she's still the same she hasn't betrayed her character at all but they've found a solid use for her in really great moments um and so like and all the other characters are kind of doing that exact same thing um i still i will say she's getting all the awards so not that she needs praise for me but cheryl lee randolph <laughs> is oh, yeah. so perfect i mean really really good in that role that is a very very unique difficult role to do and she 
really does nail it so well. She's without a best performance. Um, oh no, I can't remember his name, but uh, oh, Tyler Jesse Williams. Thank you. Um, uh, I thank <laughs> you. Just thank yourself. I just thanked myself. Yes. Um, <laughs> that'll be twice today. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, he usually never happens. I'm he nails so himself. So. <laughs> All right. So. I think he's like a really gifted comedic actor, Tyler Jesse Williams. I think he's really funny. Um, he's not getting enough credit. As, I mean, he's getting plenty of credit. He's getting nominated and stuff, but he's not getting like I think the due that most of the other people are getting. I I do also enjoy the show, so I completely stole your rave. <laughs> he's got he's got the deadpan to the camera like so Jim did good. in the office. Oh like, yes, very he's, very he's Jim level. <laughs> um, no, it's just very funny. They also uh, are very critical of the Philadelphia school uh, mm-hmm. district, and they hold nothing back. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is really impressive, honestly. Um, all right, Sean, you have a rave about Succession. I'm just so happy that this news came about. Um, Succession season four is coming out, and they have said this is the final season of Succession. And one thing I love about that is that they're ending on a high note. They're ending the way the story should end. They're not going to milk this for 10 seasons, which, by the way, they could because this is a very successful show. Um, and I just love that they're ending it. Um, but I will say I love even more that the reaction of this, usually when you get a reaction of a show ending early, like The Good Place, people were upset that The Good Place ended early, which thank God it ended where it did because that show would just like constantly jump the shark and constantly top itself. And it ended with perfection. And I think that this is as well. And people are, instead of like, you know, being very upset, which they are a little bit upset, obviously that there won't be any more succession after this. They know that this is the right thing. And so people and audiences are smart enough to realize, Hey, this is where the show should end. They're they, they, the creators are ending on their own terms. Obviously, it's not being canceled because like this is one hundred percent a decision of the writers. And so all of that together makes me just like absolutely love the fact that you know this is going to be the end of it. What worries me, not worries necessarily, but um, I'm just sort of surprised that you know we already it's, the show's already done. It's in the can, and now they make this announcement, which is like wow, that's very strange. Like so they, I guess they had the story concluded somewhat. I. I don't know that that that's the one part that is a little bit confusing to me. But you know what? I'm all for this show ending on its own terms, ending on an in tremendous high note. And ah, oh, God, I love this show so much. And so I'll be I'll be happy that it'll be a four season, lovely completed show. Yeah, I think I think that decision of just saying after is so while they're filming the last light, they wouldn't have to be facing all the backlash and like having to be wasting energy explaining why and stuff now that it's done and there's like they did it their own way i think they just announcing it and they can answer whatever and nothing is going to affect what they did so i think it in a way it's a clever way to do it and i think more shows should learn with this like i'm gonna steal your rave now sean because (laughs) like um this is something that i always said when people said oh you like more United States shows or British and the British are very good at doing this when they do a show and when they think it's time to finish it, they finish it. And it doesn't matter if it's the most watched show and whatever. And I think this is something that we need to, because there's a lot of shows that were amazing. One of my favorite shows in the world is ours, but come on, like Jesus, how how many more things could that guy solve? Just give him like a goddamn (laughs) break. Like, even I, that I, I love that show. And even I was like, oh, come on, just let this guy go. Uh, so, and Dexter and stuff like that. So I just want uh, this to happen a bit more uh, because there's a lot of shows out there that uh, would be 
would be even more keeping their status of like perfection if they did this. Totally agree with you there. There's a number of shows that I think the the last season or the last two seasons are kind of forgettable because they just kept trying to pump them out for money, um, which uh, or trying to get to that um, syndication uh, oh, yeah. total, you know, that allows them to put it put it out there and keep making money off of it long term. Um, Yolo, any other rant or rave, or is that yours? I already had my rant about <laughs> all the all the fans out there like this. I, I think the issue is look like sometimes <laughs> no sometimes we forget because we are in this community of everyone having opinions about movies and TV shows. I think most people out there like don't give a crap. They don't even know what's going on. They don't complain as much. But because we in this community, it just annoys me. Like even with the the Last of Us, is it's like uh, it's like a roller coaster. One episode is everyone going, oh my god, it's the best show in the world. The next one, people are like, oh, but there wasn't any zombies out there. They're not in action. Oh, there are, now there's too much action. Now it, it's always like complaining about something. Just, just enjoy these goddamn movies. Like, especially movie critics. Like, I always like one of the movies that I love, and uh, we agree in this show, is like The Greatest Showman. Like, we, me and my daughter, we love that love show. And, there, and there's a line there when he says to the critic, what, uh, uh, why are you a critic of something that you hate? Why do you go to, like, watch people do something just to be able to complain? And this is what I feel with most people that have review pages and have, like, they just go to the cinema and it's like they're they're happy when they hate the movie. I get really annoyed. I like come out and say, oh, I wasted my money. Sometimes I don't even do review. Like most of the reviews I do, unless it's something that's like really popular that's coming out and I hate it. I have to say it. <laughs> like if I hate a movie, I don't waste time like just putting a review out there just to say, oh, this movie is shit. I watch a lot of movies. You guys know that. I watch a lot of movies during the year. If the amount of movies that I hate, if I would come and say, I would be here all day. But uh, I, so that's my rant. I just want people to focus on enjoying these things that someone created. Okay? I think we can all agree that Batman versus Superman is the one thing to unite us uh, because it's so good. Um, uh, but I'm with you. It gets it gets tough. It gets very tough to be a part of this community sometimes. Um, yeah. Not to, and that's not to discount people's opinions and stuff, but it does get challenging um i feel like this is also going to be a challenging week uh because of a couple releases that are coming out um operation fortune ruse de guerre guerre guire i guarantee you guys how to pronounce that i was gonna say big j you saw it because it came out overseas yay i saw it i i had loads of fun it's so stupid so dude like like look it's like cocaine bear level stupid okay oh and and like uh the character oh what's his name oh jesus well, i'm blocking that it's the villain uh no idea i haven't oh. seen it yet <laughs> from paddington from paddington from nothing ill what's hugh his name you grant you grant's character is hilarious like it's so so funny like that I, I thought it was just fun to watch, but it's so stupid. But I, I think people will, will will enjoy it. We 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 had a couple of movies that came out here before you guys, and it was that and Shotgun Wedding. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh yeah, uh, 
<laughs> so yeah, we're getting all the Oscar winners. Like. <laughs> we're getting the real meat on the bone right there. Yeah, wow. we're getting all the good movies are like showing up there. But I saw that, so I, well, I just I recommend people to watch it. It's fun. It's stupid but fun. I'll let you know. I have my screening Monday. Uh, cool. but then I have my screening of Creed three on Tuesday, which is the big big release this week. Uh, that's actually yeah, giving I- some positive uh, feedback. Good. Yeah, I have the screening for that also here. Nice, uh, nice, nice. So we we'll, can talk about it. And then Children of the Corn, which uh, I forgot that they were remaking this, and apparently it's a limited release in theaters this week. I don't know what's happening with it. I was, I was waiting for it to go on Peacock. I was like, this is going to Peacock, baby. <laughs> this sounds like Peacock horror film completely. Wait, maybe it is. Children oh, of the Corn. Please be on Peacock. Come on, 23. <laughs> please. Oh, it's an RLJE film. That's oh, well, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never mind. That's not going to be a streaming service. <laughs> no, I don't know where that's. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be. It's not going to be great. Oh, Shudder. Okay. Okay. That gives it. Okay. That, that makes that, it that a little bit. A little, yeah. yeah. It'll be released Friday, March 3rd for an 18 day theatrical window before being released on Shudder on March 21st. Okay. So All that's right. happening. That's uh, that. We completely changed our minds. About that. No. Just based on the streaming service. <laughs> but that's the thing. Based on like certain yep. things, you you get like, uh, like they they usually release good movies there. So. What movie were we just talking about, Sean? We're like, oh, it's all going to depend on what the what distributor picks it up or what studio. <laughs> Jonathan oh Majors. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Magazine Dreams. Because we're like, oh, if that goes to Bleecker Street, it'll go the way of uh, like freaking Mass. Is like, your dog shitting himself right now? My dog has just like I think is coughing something up. Uh, poor little guy got vaccinated yesterday, so he's yeah, he's a little bit uh, upset. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, it was just picked up by Searchlight Pictures. Searchlight, that's going to be very, very huge for it. That's like a really big pickup. Yeah. Oh man. Yolo, once again, thank you for being here. We want oh, to give a moment you. for you to promote all that you have going on because you never sleep, and there is always yeah. content being released. Yeah. So you guys can follow us on Instagram on Yolo Movies Blog. We also been playing with TikTok. What's a weird ass <laughs> app like uh, that shows that shows the devil is already here? The like Sean said. <laughs> if you have any, if you have any doubts, go to TikTok and you'll realize that they are like hell on earth is here. But uh, yeah, we've been playing with that. We've been like finishing another projects, and uh, we just. Uh, revamp our web page also on yolo.com but that's pretty much it and just uh, having a a few screenings this week and we'll publish it about it but thank you so much for inviting us always fun to come and complain with you guys (laughs) thanks for coming buddy always always i went to your website to search for the eternals uh review because not there yet and it's not there yet (laughs) no not there yet i still 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 filling up everything like uh, takes time it takes a while (laughs) yeah and and now i decided that it's in three languages so it's like in spanish portuguese and in english so it takes even more time but uh you're insane i'm doing that now you are insane all right, we'll be back next week with another new episode. Uh, next week is actually our Oscars conversation, Sean. Oh, my God, it's here. It's here. <laughs> it's here. We're almost we'll there, have, Betty. Uh, 
we'll have Hayden from the Dive In uh, movie cast on once again to chat about that. But until then, talk to you soon. The Guy at the Movies podcast is a joint venture between Math Teacher Movies and Guy at the Movies. You can catch new episodes weekly right here wherever you're listening to this one. Subscribe so you never miss a beat.